The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy might be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. If you are my friends, if you do what I command you, I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my Father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Bless you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. What powerful readings, aren't they, this day? But before we dive into the readings as we break open the Word, uh, again, just a happy Mother's Day to everybody. What a glorious day. Could the readings match perfectly as our nation gathers to celebrate mothers as rightly as we should. By the way, some of you also may have already received the Catholic Herald. You know, it's the publication of the Diocese of Sacramento. And so uh, if you haven't received, there's actually an online version. The Catholic Herald is the diocesan publication, which is printed, I think, three times a year. And what it is is that it showcases the, all the different activities throughout the diocese. Because remember, we're a massive diocese. We're about 1.2 million Catholics. We practically cover all of Northern California, over 104 parishes. And so it's a, it's a great way to kind of keep in contact with what's going on in the, in the whole diocese. And on page 16, our parish is featured there. So there's some, uh, it's a nice highlighting what we do up here. And in fact, so if you have a Catholic Herald, uh, I'll be signing autographs uh, tomorrow in Reno at the Pepper Mill. It's a, there's a big production there, fireworks and all. It's going to be amazing. So uh, if you're available, I'll be signing autographs there. So it's amazing. So praise the Lord. But really read it. So, so it's a great article as we're featured there in the Herald. So praise the Lord for all God is doing in our parish. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Not too long ago, I was having a conversation, a deep spiritual conversation with one of our parishioners. And the question of fear came up. What is your greatest fear? It's a deep question. You think about it. What is your greatest fear? 
And of course, this parishioner was a young mother, and so her response did not surprise me. She said her deepest fear is to be forgotten by her children. An expression on her face was, was one of, of, of sorrow, deep sorrow, as if she had thought of, uh, contemplated this scenario. My deepest fear is to be forgotten by my children. Yesterday after the evening mass, another parishioner came up to me and said, Father, you know, my deepest fear is to have my children kidnapped. And that's a horrific thing. But as I thought about both of their responses, I still maintain that the first parishioner is the deeper fear and the deeper pain. Because I, I contemplated her response in prayer for, for days afterwards. Because why? Because think about it. To be forgotten by one's children is an act of the will. That these children whom, and every parent in here knows, as mothers especially, you pour out your life for your children at your best. You don't do it perfectly, of course. But at your best, you pour out your entire life for them. You literally lay down your life. Then every mother who gives birth you risk your life. And your children, if you think about it, what is a child in your life? But the incarnation of your love between you and your spouse at its best. It's the incarnation of love itself, as if love sprouted feet and started running around. And then to be willingly rejected by that, oh, cuts deep. Because if you think about kidnapping, what is kidnapping? That's when some monster does something horrible to your loved one. But that, is, that doesn't involve the will. That doesn't involve an act of someone who loves you. Why is the first response deeper? Our Lord beautifully begins to highlight why. And by my brothers and sisters, here is the great mystery, the secret of life. This is the great principle by which we will discover happiness. This is the origin of who we are and is our end. So pay attention here to the readings. Jesus says to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. I have a new commandment. Love one another as I love you. What is Jesus doing here? Remember, the word love here, our Lord could have used one of four words. He used a very specific one. In fact, the Greek word in here is the first time this word has ever been used in the human lexicon. The, word, the Lord could have used storge. He could have used philia, like Philadelphia, brotherly love. He could have used eros, which erotic love. No, but he uses a very specific word, agape. And he says, when he says to the disciples, love one another as I love you, it's within the context of the Last Supper. Jesus speaks these words to the 12. So remember now, there he is, he's in the upper room. The 12 have just finished the first mass. He's taking the bread, this is my body. 
Should we give enough for you? Takes the chalice. We know the words. You're about to hear it in a few minutes. In about an hour. You're going to hear those same words. This is my blood, which will be poured out for you. The blood of the new covenant. And so the, the mood in that room would have been still, profound. And then Jesus intensifies what just happened. Love one another as I love you. This happened on Holy Thursday. What would happen the next day? Good Friday. Jesus would be arrested, tortured, beaten, spat upon, abandoned, ridiculed, carried his cross as the crowds jeered at him, crucified on, a, on two wooden pieces, naked as they jeered at him. Everybody abandoned him save one disciple. All those disciples, I guarantee you, would have immediately thought about what Jesus said the night before. You see, when Jesus first said this on Holy Thursday, they had no idea. They said, oh, love, okay, yeah, sure. Love like me, okay, sure, I'll love like you. Oh, then that point truly hit home the next day. Is it any wonder then that the one disciple that stayed with Jesus at the foot of the cross when everybody else had left him, said these very words in the second letter. From the reading from the first letter of St. John. Now remember, this was the only one. John had front row seats to the crucifixion. He could have smelled the blood of Jesus. And there's a smell of the blood, isn't there? He would have smelled it. He was that close. He was literally looking up at him. He was there. He saw the brutality of the crucifixion. And in that, in that front row seat, John says these words now. Oh, remove any sentimentality from the word love here. John writes, Let us love one another because love is of God. Whoever is without love does not know God for God is love. Now here's the line. Oh, I, I bet you when John was writing these words, he flashed back to the crucifixion. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. The crucifixion is right in his face. When Pope Benedict became the Holy Father, as you know, Pope Benedict was a previous pope to our current Holy Father. Whenever a pope takes, this, takes the office of Peter, everyone always pays attention to his first encyclical letter. So the, so the Holy Father will write a letter for his first time, a, a letter to the whole church. And so it always signifies what's closest to the pope's heart for the whole worldwide church. Remember, we're 1.2 billion people. Why big church? His first letter was entitled Deus Caritas Est, Latin for this verse here, God is love. 
And when they asked the Holy Father, Holy Father, why, why did you choose this particular topic? Of all the different myriads of topics we can talk about in Christianity, there's many. Why go back to this very basic teaching? Pope Benedict said simply, Because we are at the risk of forgetting. You miss this point of Christianity. Everything else is thrown out the window. We will never understand it well. For God is love. Now what is God? From all eternity, God exists as a trinity. This is one of the pivotal doctrines of our Christian faith, which Christ reveals to us. That God, from all eternity, has always existed. God as Father, who pours himself out in sacrificial love to the Son. The Son, now, who pours himself out to the Heavenly Father. And this love between the Father and the Son is the Holy Spirit. God, in his very essence, is a trinity. One God, three persons. This eternal procession of love. And then, out of God's brilliance, decides, I want to create humanity to share in this communion of love. So he creates us in the image and likeness of God as Genesis proclaims. We are created to participate in the love of the Trinity, which sin now disfigures. For God is love. Christ now brings us back to the origin. Brings us back to the way it was supposed to be. Love one another as I have loved you. Sacrifice your life for one another. As I have shown on Good Friday. Can you imagine. If we took up this cross. Every single one of us. Could you imagine how our world would be utterly different today and transformed. You and I are called to reveal the Trinity to this world. But I warn you to take up this noble path. It will always require pain and suffering. You cannot escape this. Because what does it say? It says that I must live in a space where when I approach you, I immediately must say, I must love you. I must lay down my life for you. Mothers, in a very beautiful way, speak that through your bodies. I lay down my life for you. When you get married, you say those exact words. And you stand, by the way, whenever you get married in the Catholic Church, it's not by accident you're standing in front of what? The altar. What is the altar? The altar of sacrifice. What happens at the altar? Someone dies. Spouses, you are called to die to one another. You must wake up every single morning. Ah, how must I lay down my life for my spouse this day? That, my friends, is Christian civilization. And when we do this, and here's the key point. This wicked heart that we all have, because if you're like me and if you're honest, You know that we can be selfish jerks. You know that. I know that. Every argument is based upon that simple fact, by the way. When you're arguing with somebody, imagine yourself, who's a, who's a jerk here? Oftentimes it's me. <laughs> because we forget that I must lay down my life for you. 
And when we do this, when we rediscover that we are created in the, in the image of the Trinity and whose sole goal is to return to the Trinity, we will discover, as the Lord here says, when you love like me, when you agape, when you self-sacrifice yourself, this is what will happen. My joy may be in you. And your joy might be complete. There it is. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.